All right, let's grab our Bibles and turn to Philippians 4. Familiar verse, I just want to use this as kind of a, a thought point as uh, we go through this. And uh, this is not an inclusive list, but as a thought, uh, we've been talking some about peace. That's not my main focus today, but that's kind of where this comes from. Philippians chapter 4, we'll start reading in verse 7, and uh, but mostly we're going to focus on verse 8. But uh, Philippians 4, 7, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Let's open in prayer. God, I thank you for this day. God, I thank you for the privilege to preach. And God, I pray that you'll help bless this message, God, that we'll learn from it, and that it will be a help and blessing to us as we go through this week and beyond. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, so <clears throat> verse 8, verse 7 refers to the peace of God, which passes all understanding. In other words, we can't understand it. We don't know how to describe it. And unless you've lived it, it's really hard to comprehend. And even then, to explain it to somebody is almost impossible. But And then it says, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Uh, the essence of peace in the Bible, or the, or the, the existence of peace, uh, um, from God throughout the Bible um, describes um, the, one that we can't understand, but it says, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. God promised he'd keep it, keep our hearts and minds. So people that have their mind all over scattered in the world, whether it's, you know, anxiety or wonder, and, and it doesn't even have to be what we call anxiety or depression in this world. It doesn't even have to be that. Sometimes we just get so distracted with everything in the world that, that it's hard to keep on, on God. If God gave us a formula here, God gave us information here that gave us um, the pattern that God says he shall keep or protect, or hold on to, or 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 just it, it's not like go to 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 give that peace is in God's control in our hearts and minds. And it says through Christ Jesus. But then it gives along that thought in verse eight it says, "Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are." Pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. So the first said, there's a list here. I just want to go through for a few minutes. We, we likely won't be terribly long today, but, but I just want to give some thoughts if you break down this process 
as we go through our day or week or just things to think about. How do we keep our mind on the things? I heard someone say once um, that it, Satan, uh, if the devil can't get in front of you and stop you, in other words, our life serving God, our testimony, just stop you. If the devil can't get in front of you and stop you, the devil will get you behind you and push you too fast. In other words, we have so many distractions going on, um, but let's have this peace. So finally, brother, whatsoever things are true, um, we understand things that are true. The Word of God is true. I'm not going to take a lot of time and elaborate a whole lot right now on each point, but I want to give a thought if you go through and look at things in the Bible that are true. First of all, what God says is true. Um, as, uh, Titus 1-2 says, In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promise before the world began. So God gave us his word. When I open the Bible, I can see things that are true. So when I want help from the word of God, um, when, it, when it says I need a place to go, as Psalms 121 says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. And, and I can go to the word of God and I can get that help because I can trust it because I know whatever the Bible says is true. And one of the problems we have today in false doctrines on all levels, I'm not getting into examples, but all the false teaching, if it doesn't match the Bible, it's false. And, and uh, they, they take, the problem is, they'll take a textbook from a college, or they take a commentary, or, or they take some book written by a man, and they take that as truth about the Word of God instead of going to the Word of God and looking at the truth of the Word of God. There's nothing wrong with getting help and learning the Bible and, and maybe looking at a commentary to see what someone says or, or reading a book based on the Word of God that can be a help to you. There's, not, there's nothing wrong with those things, but understand those things written by man are not truth and in a sense of uh, the Word of God just can't lie. When I open the Bible, I just know it's true. When I read a book from a man, I have to go back later and I have to take what that man said and compare it to the Word of God. And it doesn't matter how good or how popular that person is or, or, or how famous or how educated or, or, or whatever we think of that man that wrote that book, we still have to compare what that man wrote to the Word of God. The Word of God is truth. What man said based on the word of God may have truth in it and may be good and may be helpful if it compares to the word of God and adds up and, and matches what God said in those examples. But understand the word of God is true. Then it says, uh, uh, it says whatsoever things are true and then whatsoever things are honest. I, as, as we look at um, this idea, what is honest in the Bible? There are several examples, but we're just going to look at a brief thing here in Second Corinthians, Second Corinthians chapter eight and verse twenty-one. As we look at things that are honest, 
The word honest itself, the actual word, is used 11 times in the Bible. And almost every time it's used in the Bible has to do with how we live. And that's good. But here we're talking about our thought process. And in, in uh, where we just read in Philippians 4.8 is the only time that it's directly related to our thought. But things start in our thought. But here's an, a, an example in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 8 and verse 21, providing for honest things, not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of men. And uh, so it, it goes in and earlier talks about grace and the the second Corinthians. First Corinthians with Paul dealing with problems in the church and some sin in the church. They got some things right and better. And second Corinthians has a different tone. Notice we just read in verse 21, providing for honest things. If you back up in verse 19, it says, and not that only, but who is also chosen of the churches to travel with us with this grace, which is administered by us to the glory of the same Lord and declaration of your ready mind. So it does start in the mind on our process. In other words, ready mind. It says, hey, you were ready. You're ready to receive new things. First Corinthians was dealing with problems. They received that from Paul and, and they did right. They got some things right in the church and now they're ready to take more teaching to have a ready mind. We need to have a ready mind before God to receive these things, especially things that are honest. Next in the list in Philippians 4.8 talks about and, and whatsoever things are just. <clears throat> a couple words sometimes that have very similar meanings, but the word by itself just implies, I, I didn't look up in the dictionary or anything, so, but in context of scripture, that it's, it's just. In other words, it's right. It, it, it has the tone of justice. Or we use the word in salvation that we're justified. In other words, justice was given. Now, the thing about being justified in salvation, it's not my justice. It's not, it's not necessarily what I've deserved, but before God, my payment was made that I could then receive salvation so that I am now justified and um, forgiven, and I need to think on it. Remember, Philippians 4 eight, we're talking about things to think about, things that should be on our mind. When we meditate on the Word of God, what, what, is, what is good? It's amazing uh, to me that somebody saved can, can get themselves in a place that's so negative. And I'm not, I'm not talking about uh, I understand bad things happen in the world and we have some struggles or rough times or, or times of grief. And, and, and of course those things are going to be on our mind, but through those things, we still need to focus on the things that are of God. And we look at it. First John 1 9, um, says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we have God's justice to fall back on uh, in a sense of, if I sin, we know God will forgive us. Now, that these books are written so that to teach us not to sin, if you read through and read the whole context, and here's proof over in 2 
Peter, which is heavy on how to live for God and our works and to live godly and not be ungodly and, and, and how to live and not sin. And, and, and uh, it, it is that tone of how we should live. And here's proof of God's justice. 2 Peter 2.7 says, uh, let, let's back up to give some context here. Um, he spared not the old word. Verse 5, talking about people's sin, people's life, saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in a flood upon the world of the ungodly and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an ensample unto those of that of those that after should live ungodly. In other words, if you want to live ungodly, Sodom and Gomorrah is to be an example of how God views it. Judah, sit up and pay attention. Um, that that uh, they should live ungodly. Verse 7, And delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversations of the wicked. In other words, in all that context where Lot lived in Sodom and Gomorrah, he shouldn't have been there in the first place, but that's a whole different story. We'll leave for another time. Uh, but he lived in that wicked, ungodly environment and tried to fit in and feel good. But even in that context, God said, I'm going to destroy that city, but I'm going to take out just Lot now, it's not saying that it's just Lot in the sense of only Lot because he took his family. Um, he wasn't the only one that got out. And they were dragged out by that angel. And so he's saying it's just Lot. In other words, he's just, he's justified. Um, he's righteous. In other words, he was a child of God. And God said, I'm going to destroy that city. But before I do, I'm going to pull Lot out so I can put my wrath on that city. Another example in Old Testament, we're not going to go there. I mean, I'm sorry, the New Testament, when Jesus is speaking of the return and the rapture, that we're going to be caught out before the tribulation, he uses, Jesus himself uses this example and said that he could not destroy Sodom and Gomorrah until he took Lot out. And uh, so that just, he used that example in a couple different places. But even though Lot was living wicked, in other words, he told his family, hey, these angels came. God's going to destroy the city and, and, and we need to leave. His son-in-laws laughed at him. Um, they didn't believe him. They, they didn't want to talk. So that shows his testimony. In other words, Lot did not have a testimony that people knew he was a child of God, but he was still a child of God. And uh, so we can see our justice and God's justice it would be a study uh, to go in depth and find all those examples through the Bible um, between just being just and justification and justified and, and, and those words throughout the Bible. But we know, number one, God is just. The fact that God saved us, that I can go to heaven even though we're sinners, is not does not mean that God backed off on his justice. It means because of Jesus Christ, justice was served, and my penalty and my payment went to Christ, and Christ paid for my sins. Therefore, I'm justified. The law, if you will, has been just, um, paid. The price was paid. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That payment has been paid, so I'm justified because of God. God's justice. Philippians 4, 8, the next thing on the list to think about are things that are pure. How do we find something pure in this old wicked world? And go on, there's more to it, but just for a quick, I'm just trying to make some brief points here to, to kind of spark thought and, and, uh, 
and uh, go through that. Wrong verse. In Psalms 12 and verse 6, Psalms 12, 6, talks about the word of God. And it says, the words of the Lord are pure words. As silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times, says, Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. So first of all, if we're just going to think on things that are pure, we need to think about the things of the Bible. Um, one of the best things we can do is memorize scripture or at least have a scripture up where we can find every day and think and meditate and give the thoughts of our word and the word of God that's pure and have pure thoughts in our mind because we're thinking about the word of God and, and, and we can pull it in. And also verse seven, I shall keep them, O Lord. In other words, God's going to keep his words. God's word doesn't change. The Lord shall preserve them from this generation forever. In other words, God's word doesn't change. All this nonsense in the world today with all these different Bibles and, and people think they can have a new version and I like this version better and this one reads different. They're not the same. God promised, first of all, his words are pure. Second of all, God promised that he would preserve them. And if they're preserved, means I have to have them. God can't judge me in Revelation. We're going to stand before God, and it says the books will be opened, and we're going to be judged out of those things which are written in the books. I believe those books are referring to the Word of God, and we can't be judged on something that we don't know what we're being judged on. And all these different versions that say different things uh, confuse the idea or confuse the process. How can I be judged on something different if I say I have a different version of the Bible and I take that version of the Bible and say this is the one I like and you pick a different one because you like it and they say something different, how is that going to hold up when we stand before God and, and say that we're going to be judged out of those things written in the books when we have different books? It doesn't work that way. God gave us his word. It says, well, first of all, they're pure words. And they've been tried in the furnace of earth, purified seven times. In other words, they've been proven. Um, they've been, they've been, they've been held up. They prove the test of time that we can trace back and see a history and find the word of God. And they shall, God said, shall keep them. God will keep them. And thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. In other words, God preserved his word. That historical line that we can trace, that historical text that we can follow back on, the historical line that we can prove that in an English language that I have the word of God is in my King James Bible. If it doesn't match the King James Bible and there's history there and, uh, and, and, and uh, that proves the text history that we can find where it came from, all the others don't match. We can, we can rule them out. And we know that God preserved his word from this generation forever. But God's words in verse 6 are pure words. We want to know things that are pure. We talk about having purity in our life. Or what can I look at that's something pure, um, that's not defiled by this world. And, and we can look and say, you know what? I, all I have to do is open up my Bible. 
All I have to do is look at the Word of God. All I have to do is see God's pure words and know that I have something pure that I can look at. Next thing in Philippians 4, 8, says something that's lovely. That term is only used a few times in the Bible, but I want, I want to flip over to Ezekiel. If... Uh, We'll look there, Ezekiel chapter 33. Give people just a moment to find it. Um, I know it's kind of, kind of buried there um, a little bit, but Ezekiel, the, the prophet, and uh, made, this, made this statement in Ezekiel 33 and verse 32. And lo, thou art unto them as a very lovely song of one that hath a pleasant voice and can play well on an instrument. For they hear thy words, but they do them not. And uh, so God gave us information. God gave us his word. God gave us his pure words. And, and as just word, we can open the Bible and see what God is about and look. And it's lovely what God wrote. But man, people just take it as something, oh, it's just pretty and sounds good and makes us feel good if we read the right places and ignore the rest and, and we take it, all of God's word is lovely because of if I get right and make my life match the Bible, I have God's blessings and God's, and, and, and I have God uh, that can live with me and, and abide with me and, and lovely, think on things that are lovely and the truth is, it doesn't have to apply just to the Word of God. Philippians 4, 8 says we're to think on the things that are lovely, whatsoever things are lovely. Man, there's still lovely things just in the world. Look at God's creation. Look at the forest and the trees and the rivers and the, and, and the things. Sometimes we just need to get our mind off the wickedness of this world. Of course, we can do that in the Word of God, but we can also enjoy God's creation in that process. And, hey, find a person that, that, that isn't wicked and messed up in the world and have a conversation with or, or just take a walk in the woods or, or a park. Just get away from the, the wickedness of the world for a bit and, and, and meditate on the things. God created that we can think. And the last thing in the list is, is uh, whatsoever is of a good report. Um, there's a few times in the Bible referring to the, the, the spies maybe went into Canaan and there, there's, a, there's a few places in the Bible. This phrase is used, but we're going to go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, where we see now, the faith, this is all examples of faith. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. Now, faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. So to have a good report has to have an element of faith. And uh, we, we could elaborate a lot on it, but when it comes to the Word of God, if I know the Word of God is pure, I know God preserved His Word, I, 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 know, I, I know God is true, I know God is just, and, and I can take, and if I live by faith of the Word of God, I can have that good report. 
Um, through faith, notice, remember, a good, good report, by faith, for by it, by faith, in verse 2, the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. And uh, so it goes in to talk about faith, but, but it says, for by it, by faith, by it, the elders obtained a good report. Same chapter. Let's go down to verse 39. Now, this whole chapter, um, man, it talks about people like Abraham and, and Rahab and, and Noah and the great people of great faith throughout the Bible and throughout history. And, and we look at these things and and uh, and and uh, talks about in verse thirty-seven, people in verse thirty-six and thirty-seven of people that were tortured and murdered because of their faith in Christ, and and martyred. It gives a whole list throughout this chapter of people that have lived by faith. And verse thirty-nine says, "And these all, and those are all these people that we say live by faith, and these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise." And uh, ha- having and God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. And uh, so um, the the <laughs> verse thirty nine that that promise there's there's salvation, but there's also things. This is Hebrews. It's written to the Jews. There's some very specific promises that are for the Jewish nation. And uh, so we'll get into that maybe some other time. Um, but, but to say they, they had all this faith and didn't receive the promise, that is not saying, oh, they had faith in God, died for God, and didn't get saved. That's not what that verse is saying. And uh, that's, that's, there's some specific promises in the Bible. Um, we back up a little bit. Um, in in a chapter, chapter 10, um, refers to the old covenant and the new covenant and uh, Christ coming and dying and being buried and raising again. And uh, there's some things there have, having to do with that promise. Um, God's going to bring Israel back one day and they're going to get their land back and God's, God's doing that. There's some very specific things in the Bible um, talking about the promise. So um, we'll go back in and, and uh, you study that. You'll find that distinction. Um, so I just want to clarify at least that much. Verse 39 is not saying, hey, all these had good report, they had faith, um, they died for their faith, and then they didn't get the promise. What's that about? I just wanted to give a brief, uh, quick definition um, so you understand what that's talking about, and then you can go back and study that later uh, if you like. And, and then for that, let's go to Psalm 139. Psalm 139. Notice that verse in in uh, Philippians 4, 8 that we're looking at, um, and whatsoever things are, um, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. And then it says, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Uh, I, for for time and study, say I'm not going through the whole uh, um, thing of it here, but um, what I want to point out it it says that last part says if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. What in the world is that talking about that we need virtue and praise? I thought there was a list that of things that we should just think on. Well, it is, but. 
there's two parts to that. Notice it says virtue first. Um, virtue is an idea of strength or military. We sometimes put it in the moral world that somebody is virtuous if they live right and do right and, and, and those kinds of things. And, and that's true. That's part of it. But the word virtue comes from the same idea or word background, and you can just go to an old dictionary like a Webster's 828 dictionary, which we use, um, and something like that, and you'll find that word virtue has the same idea as the word valor in the Bible. In other words, it's a strength or military strength that I can stand and continue and have strength and courage and in even in fear. And uh, so if I say I have all these things in this list, as we go through, I will, I'm going to think on whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. And it says, if there be any virtue, in other words, if I'm going to have strength to live for God, if I'm going to have the strength to trust God and have faith? Am I going to have the strength to continue to do right even though the world is so depressing and down and wicked and wrong and sinful and, and, and seems to be against us? I'm going to have that strength so that I can still have peace, as verse 7 said, to let God keep my mind. And uh, Galatians said that we're too... Or, Galatia, maybe it's Proverbs, I'm sorry, I forget the reference, but uh, there's a verse that says, uh, um, Galatians is the one that said, let peace rule in your heart. Um, I believe it's Proverbs that said we're supposed to seek after peace and pursue it. And, and as a, so we're going to have those things, we have to have strength to do it. So if there's going to be any virtue, we have to have these things. And then it says, if there be any praise, uh, I know praise is all the way through the Bible, especially Psalms. I just want to look at one verse, um, Psalm 139, 14. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. In other words, we're to praise God. We're to praise God, first of all, you go through the Bible, praise God just because he's God. That's enough. If I'll just live in God, no matter what's going on in this world, you're still God and you're good. And, and I love you. Praise God for being God. But, but here I praise thee for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. It doesn't matter who we are. It doesn't matter what our circumstances is. God made us and God made us to have a relationship with. And, and we can praise God for that. And we need to look, start looking at that more and understand that we're just not another person wandering around in this world world that God made me and he made fearfully and in other words awe and wonderfully made marvelous are they works God's works are marvelous and that my soul knoweth right well so we can praise God just because of who we are and that God made us let's flip back to Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8, finally, my brother, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. And uh, so we have a list of six things in this list. Now, we can talk about being virtue and praise, but there, there's things in this list 
that says, I want to have peace. It's a flow of verse 7. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And how do we know it's saying? It sounds like a break. It could be a separate thought. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there and if there be any praise, it says, think on these things. In other words, you can go through your day. Yeah, you you can you can set this up and think and and maybe make a list for yourself. Whether it's all in day, if you have time and 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 want to put this verse up in front of you and and take the verse by itself as a whole, or break it down and every day pick a thing. Today I'm just gonna think on things that are true. I'm just going to find things that are true. Man, the media today is trying to mess you up with false information every time you do it. I don't read the news. I scan some articles and, and I read a few things, but I control my news sources. I don't just sit down and watch the news as a, as a general thing. And uh, But but uh, I, I try to get some things and keep up with what's going on. But, but man, hardly anything on the news is true anymore. Um, it, find something that is true. Um, find something that you can source and back up a, a good story or just get in the Bible or, or whatever that find some true another day, maybe, or the same day. If you have time and thought, if, if you memorize this and get it all together, what's honest, something that's honest that I can dwell on and think about and, and get that focus, things that are pure, things that are lovely and break it down. Make yourself up. Find something lovely to think about today. Uh, find something that's good, of, of a good report um, to think about today. Um, find uh, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. And uh, so this is a list that we're specifically told in the Bible to put in our mind and think on these things. Those things which you have, verse 9 now, those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. So back from verse 7 about having the peace that passes all understanding, and verse 9, the God of peace shall be with you. How do we get there between verse 7 and verse 9? First of all, we have to know that it's God's peace, so we have to do it God's way. God wants to give us a peace that passes all understanding, but it does require something on our part. It has to be done God's way. It's there. It's available. God wants us to have it. but And God wants to keep our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. But then he gave a list that, hey, these are the things to think about. Think about things that are true and honest and just and pure and lovely and a good report. And focus on those things. And that's where your mind needs to be. And then in verse 9, Paul said, these things are both learned. In other words, I taught you, learned it. You received and received and heard and seen in me. He gave the example. And he says, do them, do. And the God of peace shall be with you. Take verse 8 this week. Maybe make it your own way or, or write out and have this thing of, Hey, how can I focus on these things? Write it out. Maybe each day have a different part of it, um, whatever. But think on these things. And 
And uh, so we can have peace, we can have joy, but God gave us a plan, a formula here in Philippians 4 that we can do it. With that, we'll stand and we'll close in prayer and take it this week as we serve and focus on you, uh, on God and these things and, and put this list in your mind and commit it to memory. God, I thank you for this day. God, I thank you for this wonderful time around your word. God, I pray that you'll help us, encourage us, and, uh, and, and uh, keep us and keep our hearts and minds in, uh, in your pure word. And God, I pray that you'll, um, God, help us as uh, we go through the week and think about the things that could be bad, could be a negative, could be a, a, a down, could be a problem, could be a, 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 a uh, just what we'd otherwise call a bad day, but God, that will think on those things. Think on the things you gave us that are true, that are pure and lovely and good report and honest. And, and uh, God, that you'll help us to put those things on our heart and mind so that you can keep our hearts and minds so that we can have your peace and serve you better. And God, I pray that you'll help us as we go serve you this week. In Jesus' name, amen.